1: Good morning. It is February 23rd, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the magic of trees. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, people love to say, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. What they don't say is, and it would be nice if you gave him a fishing rod. That's the part of the analogy that's missing. By Trevor Noah. So we are talking about soup and the magic of soup. Listener Kimberly writes, on the first cold day in fall, I get a big old pot of chili going. I make mine vegan And I have all my kiddos over, since they're all grown and out of the house, and we spend time together. It's kind of nice to have that togetherness before the craziness of the holidays hit. We have all the toppings that you can think of, plus anything that goes in chili. Fritos, hot dogs, etc. Then we put a puzzle together. Let's see. Another one of our listener ads... I make green chili stew year-round and poso in the winter. Kat tells us, in winter, a nice turkey chili is good. And over the past few years, I have been making an Italian sausage and tortellini soup that the family loves. Since chili is so popular today, we're looking at the magic and origins of the chili pepper. So I absolutely love chili. It's one of my favorite foods in the whole world. Um, My mom has a recipe that I think she got from a co-worker like like decades ago, and that's the go-to chili I make. I also have my Franken chili, if if you know, you know, um, which I accidentally created and then spent years trying to recreate. It is by far one of the best accidents ever, and anyone who has made it loves it. So that is a pumpkin chili with hot sausage and corn. And I know it sounds a little wacky, but like, whoo, it's so good. Um, So I'm a big fan of chili. But we're going to actually share some superstitions about chilies. So I'm super excited. Um, And if you hear noise in the background, my microphone's really good at blocking out noise, but there is a parade going on literally right now. Um, You might be able to hear it. But we are talking chilies finddininglovers.com. So chili peppers add a nice kick to recipes, but did you know they are the object of superstitions? Certain cultures around the world attribute supernatural properties to chilies and use them as amulets. Interesting, no? So we're going to take a look at two popular superstitions regarding chili peppers. Every Saturday morning, Indian Hindu families perform a ritual thought to bring them luck. They take seven green chilies and a lemon and string them all together to form a kind of pendant. This little vegetable ornament is then hung in a safe part of the house, usually under the table, and is left there until the following Saturday, when it is burnt and substituted with a new one. So Hindus believe that this device drives bad spirits out of the house, This special string of chilies and lemon is also hung in front of businesses for good luck. Now we have an Italian superstition. Chili peppers are considered the demon's spice in southern Italy. However, some locals use it for personal protection or to protect your car or house from the evil eye and gossipers. Just hang a fresh string of chilies in the house, at the door, or on the balcony. Perhaps carry a plastic horn, which looks like a chili, in your pocket as a lucky charm. Tradition dictates that chili should be fresh, not dried, to ensure good fortune. Whether or not you're convinced by these beliefs, one thing is undoubtedly true of chili peppers. Fresh, flaked, or powdered, they add a delicious heat to your cooking. Not only that, but they are also thought to have a number of health benefits that are packed with vitamins and minerals, such as vitamin C. B, 6, K1, and A, as well as potassium and copper. So chili peppers are used in cuisines around the world, and you can turn up the heat by testing out different recipes in the kitchen. How about this, um, like we said, chili. We love chili, right? So you can do uh, some of the chili some of our listeners shared on Facebook. Um, You can attempt my pumpkin hot sausage chili. Like chili is better with chilies. That's all I know. That's all I know. Divisive, I'm sure. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. I'm moving into some headlines. This comes to us from nypost.com. New York City townhouse and occult researchers headquarters lists for 15 million. Oh my god. Sometimes oh my gosh sometimes like I think about how much money some people have and like my brain breaks a little bit oof this upper west side townhouse offers opulence in the world and a long time relationship with the otherworldly the american society for Psych- uh, psychical psychical i've never seen this before whatever the american society for psychical research a 138 year old nonprofit committed to studying the extraordinary or as yet unexplained phenomena has put its uh headquarters on the market for 15 million. It was founded in 1885, the ASPR claims to be the oldest psychical, I don't know what they're trying to say here, psychical research organization in the United States. On its website, where it explains its focus on answering such questions as how is mind related to matter, energy, space, and time? In what unexplained ways do we interconnect with the universe and each other? The group names a number of intellectuals and inventors among its alumni, including Chester Carlson, who invented the Xerox, the dream researcher Montague Ullman, and the quantum physicist David Bohm. Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, the group notes, were honorary members. Whoa, they have pictures. Honestly, for $15 million, I don't think it's that cute. Especially not for, like, a cult. You would think a $15 million house ran by, like, a cult people would be, like, the coolest thing in the world. It's fine. As the group continues to explore such heady concepts... It's sure of one thing. It wishes to part with the luxurious address. The listing is not the ASPR's first, but second attempt to offload the 100,000-square-foot townhouse. In 2019, they tried to sell it for $18 million through Sotheby's International Realty. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Wild. Okay. Okay, we're going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to
2: all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, March 24th. The waxing crescent moon grazes peacefully in Taurus today. Here, the moon conjuncts Venus and Uranus. The conjunction of Venus and Uranus can be a fun one with happy little surprises waiting for us around every corner. We have to be willing and open to receive these surprises though. If we are not flexible in our approach to this day, we will be pretty frustrated by being constantly thrown off of our paths. But if we allow these sidebars to take us on an adventure, there will definitely be gold at the end of that rainbow. Your daily moon mantra is, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny.
1: Humans have been obsessed with predicting the future ever since the dawn of civilization. We've watched the stars, gazed into crystal balls, thrown bones, read cards, and more, all in an effort to better understand ourselves and our place in this magical world. A Curious Future is your guidebook to a variety of divination practices. Did you know that you can divine with wine? Or that a simple pair of dice can give you prophetic insight? This book will help you predict the future through a variety of insightful and sometimes unusual techniques. A Curious Future by Kiki Dombrowski is available for order online from your local bookshop or wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So we are continuing our series on love magic. And this also comes from 100 Love Spells, working with love magic and deities. So love is a highly complex emotion. And you are doing yourself a disservice if you only have deities add a bit of power to your spells. They can help with your spell work, of course, but unless you are in a place in your life that is accommodating to love, the relationship, be it professional, platonic, or romantic, will not last. If you establish a bond with one or more gods, those deities can guide you towards love by aiding you in aspects um, of your life that will play direct and indirect roles in your relationships. Deities can aid you in trust, self-acceptance, and accepting that Um, it like, it's okay to be alone. And most importantly, teach yourself about happiness. Trust is probably one of the most important things in a relationship as trust is the glue that binds us together. Be it kinship, friendship, romantic partnership, establishing trust in deities helped me learn to trust in people. And it has greatly impacted the love I have for people in my life. For the gods to help you learn trust. However, you must first figure out through meditation and or divination why you can't trust. Ask deities to help you figure out why, and together you can figure out the how. It may be as simple as deities keeping their promises to you to show you trust is possible, or it may be a year-long journey. But either way, it's worth the effort. Trust is soothing to the soul, setting the mind and balm to the aching heart. If I've learned anything about gods, it's that they don't give a crap about what people think of them. And this attitude can be um easily blessed onto people they work with. Uh for me, working with the Morgan has helped me gain confidence, which allowed me to maintain pride even when others put me down. This combined with the realization that other people's opinion of me is actually none of my business, has helped me make a much wiser choice when it comes to love and relationships. Most importantly, it has instilled in me the courage to accept myself and my actions. Love is doomed if we do not accept our own our our own sexuality, our sexual activity, or our sexual preference. Now that I accept who I am holy, I can have a fling, I can have relationships. I can be happy just by myself and my choices. Ironically, finding happiness is being alone. Sorry, finding happiness and being alone has helped my love life the most. Maintaining dignity, pride, and confidence in being single instilled in me the patience and wisdom necessary to choose a partner that would complement my life. With the strength to be alone and not lonely, I found happiness. And it was in accepting that I can be alone that I learned properly that the most important lesson about relationships is that happiness must come from within. It's not your partner's job to make you happy. And putting such a responsibility on someone else is unfair. It will lead to resentment and eventually end the relationship. Deities can certainly help you. Firstly, figure out what you need to be happy and then how to obtain it. Love can come into your life, but if you're not in a position to accept and give love in a healthy manner, it won't stay. So before asking deities to aid you in your love spells, perhaps you may ask them to help you with things that have pushed love out of your life. Uh, i like, yeah, I agree. That was written by Amanda Wilson. Basically, like I said during the divination section, so many people who ache for love are the people who are not ready for love. That is what I've seen in my experience. If you are desperate for it, you're not ready for it. If you ache for it, you're not ready for it. Being in a state of desperation is what leads you to bring people into your life who are not truly compatible with who you are, you know, because when you're desperate, you are more likely to pick not the best people and you don't grow when you're with people who are not compatible with you or who cause conflict or there's always tension or fights. So I agree absolutely completely that in order to actually find love, you have to genuinely uh, be content with yourself and be happy with yourself. Um, I'm actually one of those, I'm, I'm not very, I'm not someone who really looks for that. And I never have been. I remember being a teenager, really like not understanding why my friends longed for boyfriends like i it just it never really made sense to me yeah i would get crushes here or there but i never really had that need like that like that desperate need to be with somebody um and i still don't and what's wild is when you tell people that they kind of like uh, it's almost like when women who don't want to have children tell people they don't want to have children and there's that look of oh sweet naive child one day you'll change your mind that is how people look at me when i say that i'm like content not being in a relationship they think i'm lying to myself they think i'm secretly sad and it's like no and it actually makes me and the fact that they think that makes me realize that that's how they are that they they view being alone as like a failure when in reality you're just living life for you um, cause let's be honest, I've met plenty of very unhappy married people. So marriage clearly isn't the secret to happiness. So that idea is very strange. It's very strange that you being with another person is the secret to you being happy. That's not how it works, right? So when people... So when you tell people that you like being alone, you like being single, and they think you're lying, that means that all of their happiness relies on someone else, and that's just so sad because they can't even contemplate how you could be happy. Isn't that wild? Anyways, I know a lot of 20-year-olds who uh, think that way and think I'm insane, but whatever. (sighs) Not to, like, go deep down that hole. Anyways, let's do another kiki wisdom Kiki says, on New Year's Eve, there's a belief that you should kiss the person you want to keep kissing in the new year. In Denmark, there's a tradition of throwing plates at doors to banish bad luck. So if you throw a plate at a door of a friend, it is meant to symbolize friendship. If you don't feel like chucking plateware at your pet pal's house, consider a little more. Yeah. Maybe a flower. You know. Or a gift. You don't have to throw plates at people's houses, I don't think. Anyways, friends, we are wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Georgianne. George Ann, you bedazzled thoughtful oracle. Emmy Jean, Emmy, you hospitable fair witch. Teresa Don um Teresa Don, Teresa, you graceful scintillating vampire. And Akshaya, Akshaya, you spiffy poetic fire dragon. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I highly, highly appreciate it. And before we go, we do have a card pull. Our card today is Nana Baruku. When this card appears to you, it is time to remember that your essence is here long before your physical being. If you are having issues with your maternal aspects, Nana Baruku comes forward to help with all those issues. All right, witches, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, text, headlines, sources, anything we've referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com, and we will talk again tomorrow. Witches,
0: we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy joy
3: I had an abortion when I was 15 years old in my home state of Arizona in 1994. It was not a decision that I made lightly, but I have never for one moment doubted that it was the right decision for me. But so much has changed in Arizona and many other states since then. If I were that same 15-year-old in Arizona today legally, I would have to get parental consent. I would be forced to undergo a medically unnecessary ultrasound, go to a state-mandated in-person counseling session designed solely to shame me into changing my mind, and then take a state-mandated 24-hour time out to make sure I really know what I wanted. And finally, I would be forced to give the state a reason why. Well, here is mine. It is my body, not the state's. Women and their doctors are the ones that are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them no one else. No bill that criminalizes abortion will stop anyone from making this incredibly painful decision. These bans will not stop abortion from happening. But they will drive women and girls and people into the shadows, which is what this has always been about, shaming and controlling women's bodies. In the week after I shared my story on my show, women were coming up to me in the street, in the supermarket, at my gym with tears in their eyes thanking me for my bravery, but the word brave didn't sit right with me. Why is it brave to speak to an experience that millions of people around the world throughout history have gone through? And then I realized it is considered brave because as women we have been taught to feel shame about our bodies since birth. I am so sad that we have to sit here in front of a row of politicians and give deeply personal statements. Because the why doesn't matter, it should not matter. I am a human being that deserves autonomy in this country that calls itself free and choices that a human being makes about their own bodies should not be legislated by strangers who can't possibly know or understand each individual circumstances or beliefs. I'm here today to help destigmatize a legitimate medical procedure and continue to encourage women not to allow themselves to be shamed for their choices. And finally, I am here today for my two little girls, Birdie and Cricket. My dream for them is that they will live in a world in which women are truly equal with complete control over their own reproductive health. That is the dream I hold for all people, regardless of their privilege or parents or what state they live in. That dream is slipping further and further from reality with every ban passed. I hope that you, our elected leaders, can help us reverse the tide. Thank you, I look forward to today's discussion.